0: And of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In Pinnock family annals, James H. I looms large for several reasons, including his decree regarding hymns at family family funerals. Onward Christian soldiers was a non negotiable requirement. For the obvious reason, it was a favorite hymn throughout the church just after World War II. Also obvious is why it fell from favor in the 60s, onward Christian soldiers marching as to war. Right there we lost Joan Baez and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. You would think we were singing onward Christian soldiers marching off to war. As to war means something else entirely. The writer is using war for an analogy, just as Paul used tents and Jesus used lost sheep and mustard seeds. Jesus made a war analogy himself in making a point about the sacrifice required for being his disciple. What king goes off to war without first sitting down and considering the cost? The author of the hymn was Mr. Sabin Baring Gould a young English curate who wrote it for a collection of children from neighboring villages who would be coming into town and processing into his parish church for the Feast of Pentecost. It was 1864, not long after the Crimean War. War, these children knew. Like Jesus with his parables, the priests invoked a reality they knew to open their eyes to one they might otherwise miss seeing. Barbara Jean Aker was born north of the river in 1927. Our twin cities have had a long-standing sibling rivalry. Twin cities always do. My children were born in Van Buren, north across the river from Fort Smith. Guess what Fort Smith called us? Dogtown. One day, Babs crossed the river south and finished growing up in Little Rock. The neighboring villages for whose children Mr. Baring Gould wrote his hymn were also prone to municipal rivalries, apparently. Imagine a procession of Forest Heights eagles, PH Panthers, and Ridge Road rams, a little shaky as to solidarity, dressed in Sunday best, marching into church while singing, We are not divided, all one body, we, one in hope and doctrine, one in charity. Or, think of Aztecs, Tejas, and Comanches at Camp Waldemar. Fierce rivals on field day, now on Sunday, being reminded by the hymn of the deeper truth of unity. One faith, one hope, one Lord. Babs was an Aztec. They wore green. My Waldemar sisters expected me to know this. Comanches wore orange, Tejas purple, and Aztecs green. I don't know about now, but I know that back then, Camp Waldemar was boot camp for steel magnolias. Girls were grilled in white-gloved etiquette at meals. Using the wrong fork cost your tribe points. But outside, they were taught to ride hard, paddle fast, shoot straight, and play to win. Knowing Babs, it is easy to see why she would have risen to the top in that environment, and she did. She stayed true to form right to the very end. The last time we spoke, Babs had been moved to hospice care and was slipping in and out of consciousness. When I walked in, her eyes popped open, and she smiled and asked, Can I get you anything? (laughs) I think if I'd said, Why, thank you, I believe I'll have a glass of sherry, she would have rung the nurse bell and made it happen. (laughs) She was every inch that lady, and she was absolutely not a wilting flower. Babs was a talented athlete who stayed in shape and competed hard throughout her life. Swimming and riding were her sports at camp, and then for decades, tennis was her game. After Jim died, she married Ted, whose pastime was golf. He presented her with clubs. Ever the good sport, she took up her new husband's game, starting from the bottom. She didn't like the bottom and didn't stay there long. As a young mom, she made her children mind their manners. Bibo, by age four, knew he'd better stand up and hold the door for ladies. His sisters understood that in their house, chewing gum was a finable offense, 25 cents per in each infraction, which is pretty hilarious considering their dad. Etiquette-wise, the Pinnock, fam- Pinnock home was a house of mixed messages. Babs was Yin, and Jim she married Yang. Opposites attract, they say. After the new wears off, they often duel. With Babs and Jim, the attraction never lost its luster, and their opposites combined in a fun-filled, glorious duet. She, the Louis Watkins model, lipstick, hose and heels, sugar and spice and everything nice and he all snips and snails, chomping a cigar in mismatched stripes and plaids. They made beautiful music for their children, showing by example that happiness at home begins with love between the grown-ups. After work, the couple would sit on the couch and clink their glasses. At the same time, every afternoon, children not allowed, just to take pleasure in one another's company. For this family, summertime meant easy living, starting with a month of sun and sand in Florida. Babs was fearless on the ocean, happy to blow up a raft, fall asleep on her back, and float out as far as the current cared to take her, until nervous lifeguards would row out and get her. By the 4th of July, they were all back home in Arkansas for some time at Idlewild, the family retreat in western Pulaski County. The place was a throwback to the 1920s, but with 1890s plumbing. Sleeping on the screen porch, listening to cicadas, counting lightning bugs. Need to use the bathroom? There's the outhouse, here's a flashlight. Bath? Here's your towel, there's the creek, watch out for snakes. Jim would kill a snake and bring it back to show it off and tease his wife, who'd roll her eyes and pretend to fuss. Barbara Jean from Dogtown raised three happy children and married two good, strong men. While living well, she did a lot of good because women like her believed they should and organized to do it through the Junior League, Aesthetic Club, Women's Emergency Committee, and Trinity Cathedral. In duck season, they had some extra time and doubled down. We buried Bebo here two months ago. When her brother got sick, Mary predicted, if Bebo dies, mother will too. At the hospital, the admitting diagnosis was broken heart syndrome. Christ the royal master leads against the foe. Happiness is like a lightning bug, elusive and once captured, impossible to keep, even in lives where it had been abundant. We contend with that fact along with a dangerous host of other problems all through life, and especially as the years add up and take their toll. It is as though we were at war with something and losing battles. Emotionally, faith is not an antidote for grief. Losing someone in faith probably hurts about as long and hard as losing them without it. Why would that be so? According to Thomas Aquinas, human nature is a unique blend of animal and spiritual. We share things in common both with angels and with Labrador retrievers. Angels are perfect in one way, chocolate labs in another. We partake somewhat of both the animal and the spiritual perfections, Aquinas said. This makes humans puzzling to other creatures. Dogs can't fathom why their masters are always looking at their iPhones. Angels cannot understand cigars and chewing gum. Human love lives in the blend of animal and spiritual. And in animals, separation hurts. As thinking animals who understand the loss, it hurts us that much more. With human love, happiness and grief are branches on the same tree. We are stuck with grief. Praise God. How then does our spiritual nature lift us? Faith, according to Scripture, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. The spiritual assurances of faith are vast, colorful, and deep. Rather than dispensing with our animal emotions, they enrich them. There is no part of life and death that that these assurances eliminate, and no part that they do not possess and change. They are in the food we eat, the air we breathe, the Florida salt water, and the freshwater creeks and hollers of western Pulaski County. They imbue the love of family and strengthen it for battle. They are brought to light in the sights and sounds of this cathedral. That is why we come here when our hearts are broken, for strength along with solace. And when the fight is fierce, the warfare long steals in the heart the distant triumph song, and hearts are brave again and arms are strong. That's from another great hymn that uses war to speak of grace and peace. Written by another English priest at about the same time. It starts, For all the saints who from their labors rest. Babs has crossed the river. In death our lives don't end, they change. By analogy, St. Paul compares the change to moving from a tent into a house. Tents are for campers or soldiers on the move, built light, temporary, vulnerable. Houses are built secure and spacious. God makes them both. Tents aren't bad, they're good, just ask the Penix. The change we can anticipate is from good toward perfect. We won't fully grasp the difference until we follow her across and see it for ourselves. Thank you.